I hear the train a-coming It's rolling around a bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on This is episode 433 for August 2016, and that's a little Johnny Cash because we're going to prison in this episode of Spider History. Before we get there, I'd like to ask for your support. Log on to our front page at spidermancrawlspace.com. Look for a button on the right-hand side to support this site via PayPal, and you can help us pay the bandwidth cost that it takes to host 400-plus episodes up on our server for you to download 24-7 around the world. All right, gang, on with the show. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our August Spider History. JR, we're going back to 1981. I was in the first grade in 81. What were you doing in 81? In 81, yeah. let's see, the the issue, the cover day is 81. So yeah. uh, since it would have come out a few months prior to that, I was actually graduating high school. Wow. There you I, was, I was graduating high school, and I was, pre- it, during the summer, I was preparing to matriculate into Indiana State University in Terre Haute, Indiana. Very nice. Which was the home of New Concepts Comics, which I've referred to more than once. That was my uh, my uh, touch with uh, my contact with the comics world and Spider-Man while I was there in uh, there in college. And so, were you uh, still picking up comics at this point? Or had I was, okay. I was, but uh, as we'll as we'll we'll get into the story here, uh, I was I was growing quite disenchanted with them. This issue I received in the mail. I my uh, f- my mom got me a subscription because I was like, look, mom, these can come to our mailbox. And this was one of my first ones I got in the mail. I remember this one with an uh, amazing Spider-Man 219 we're talking about. Was it uh, like folded in half though? And like, oh man, the post uh, Willie Lumpkin beat the shit out of it. I mean, oh my gosh, it I, was, mean, I can still see oh. the creases. Yeah. I mean, uh, cause my mother had, um, you know, uh, in, in one of those astonishing similarities, I guess, yeah. between you and me, uh, in, we, we got these through the mail at one time. Yeah. Uh, it was originally started out as a Christmas present from my mother, mm-hmm. uh, with issue 193. And then I think we renewed, um, but yeah, it was like the, the postman always fo- they came in a brown, brown, brown paper wrap. bag. Yeah. It's like a, tra- yep. a paper sack. A pa- yep. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was the same consistency as a grocery bag in those and days. And how did they not fall out of that thing? I, I don't know. I wonder how they always talk. were folded in half and it's like, oh, oh man. And yeah, it's so even, so I'm looking at this and even 1981, let's see, 81, 2019 carry the plus 16 30, Oh Lord. What? 35 years. Oh my God. 35 years later, boys and girls. And I can still see the crease <laughs> that the postman left behind. <laughs> Damn you, Willie Lumpkin. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 219, uh, Spider-Man or Peter Parker is behind bars with a Spider-Man uh, silhouette behind him. It says Peter Parker criminal. It's got a Frank Miller cover. It's kind of ugly. <laughs> no offense to Frank Miller, but not an attractive looking Peter Parker. No, I don't think. Uh, well, I, I think actually you probably should offend Frank Miller because uh, there's, there's, uh, he's been getting, he, he's been 
getting by with this kind of stuff for a long, long time. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, this, this is, this is just an ugly cover. And I, and I don't know what Pete, I don't know what Peter looks like. I mean, he just, he's got these dark eyes and his clothes are all ripped. It's like, he just, you know, he just it looks like he's on an Island or something. It's like Gilligan's Island behind bars or, or he changed into a werewolf or something. and <laughs> just changed back. Ugly looking Peter. Uh, but yeah, it's this, I tell you this boys and girls, um, uh, this, this, we are, we are, we're near the end of the Denny O'Neill era. Thank goodness. Uh, but we're still in it. Um, this, at this point in time, I was very disenchanted with Spider-Man because I just could not, or amazing Spider-Man. Now I was still going to get spectacular, but amazing. I had about had enough. Um, well, and, Denny O'Neill wrote it. Luke McDonald was pencils and Jim Mooney inker. I've never heard of Luke McDonald. No, and they're yeah. probably a pretty good reason, I suppose. <laughs> the thing is, Denny, even though Denny O'Neill is created credited as the author, the story is so amateurish. I, I had the. I know he, he was suspected of, of farming some of this stuff out when he was, uh, again, again, until he actually, uh, uh, admits what happened during his reign. Uh, we'll never really know. Uh, but either he was hacking badly as shooter accused him of, or he had, he had some intern write this, but it certainly, it certainly seems that way. Because, Real quick. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was, I was done real quick. Our friends over at spiderfan.org help us with the little bit of the research. And, and, uh, looks like Luke McDonald, uh, this was his first time drawing Spider-Man. He then went on to spectacular Spider-Man in June of 81. He did. Oh, actually, no, I take it. June, June of 81. It was his first time drawing Spider-Man in spec 55. And then he did amazing 219. Then July 82, he did spec 68. Then he did spec 105 and 106. And then he took about uh, five years off and then returned to Marvel drawing the impossible man summer vacation from 1990. <laughs> so Luke McDonald, that's uh, a little history of the artist. That, that one, the impossible man must've did him in then. That, well, no, he came back in 91 and 92 for what if volume number 26 and 44. Let, let's see what issues of what if those are, what are we, what are we ifing on this? Uh, what if, those weren't the first runs of what if those had to be what, like, what if Punisher had killed daredevil? He penciled. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. And what if Venom, that one had Spider-Man in it too? What if Venom had possessed the Punisher? <laughs> I, I've got that. I'll be darned. There I you go. He penciled, he penciled those. Yeah. I, cover, I covered both of those in uh, a yeah. Spidey kicks butt articles. So I'll be darned. Go. Well, I guess we we have seen his work before. He's like, I guess I shouldn't have there, just there you dismissed go. him so uh, flippantly, yeah. uh, like I did Winslow Mortimer that one time, and I was severely, <laughs> severely chastised. Uh, all right, two nineteen. Peter Parker dot dot criminal. It's the name of this story. Ugh. Yeah. 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 And, uh, anyway, so Spider-Man goes to Rikers Island because as uh, there's this, the, he, he notes that vi- a lot of villains have been getting out of prison lately. So he figures there's gotta be something behind it, you know, something going on. So Spider-Man, you know, pops into the, the yard there at Rikers changes to Peter Parker because Peter Parker is going to get pictures of what's going on. And then suddenly he sees it. Holy cow. Uh, there's this mysterious figure leading the gray gargoyle in Jonas Harrow through the prison yard and it looks like a prison break and there's peter with his trusty camera taking pictures um but uh 
but then the cops come. The cops hear something because because Peter thinks, oh, I can't let these guys get away. So he tries, he, he rips the prison bars off and throws them at the gargoyle. The gargoyle turns it into dust. And But anyway, the the cops hear the commotion uh, and the bad guys uh, get away. The bad guys get away and the cops spot Peter. And <laughs> he says, I, you don't want me honest. Jonas Harrow and the great gargoyle are escaping, <laughs> you know? And of course they don't believe him. They say, oh no, we know, we know better. They're in, they're in conference with the warden. <laughs> and so, uh, and one of the guys confiscates Peter's camera and says, this might be a camera. And it might not. We won't take any chances. <laughs> what dialogue? This might be a camera. This might not. So they take it. They, they, so right there, they arrest Peter. He says, you're making a mistake. Wrong, kiddo. You made the mistake. You'll maybe have years to regret it. Uh, and so but the, and the, Peter, the, 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 gar, the gargoyle and Jonas Harrow are going back to their cells, you know, because yeah. the gig is up. But, you know, they'll they'll try it again some other time. And Peter is dressed like Bruce Banner with these purple pants. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, the, the camera is taken to the warden's office, Man. you know, and the warden, of course, we, we, we know the warden's probably crooked or whatever, uh, because he figures there's evidence in here that could end his career. What should he do? Should he destroy it? Oh, well, I'm late for an import for a very important date. You know, no time to say <laughs> hello. Goodbye. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. So he just leaves the camera sitting there. And by the well, way, that second panel, he looks like James Doohan. <laughs> yes, actually, I, you know that you're absolutely right. He does look like James doing it in that panel. But then the, uh, but of course he leaves the camera behind, but then the maintenance guy comes in Yeah. and the maintenance guy sees the camera. Oh, this camera is probably worth a lot of money. It'd get me out of trouble with the loan sharks. Uh, so he just, then he stuffs it in his pants you know, and then, so he's going to go pawn it anyway. So now Peter is at a, a hearing. Okay. And his attorney is Matt Murdoch. Wow. Now how Peter is able to afford Murdoch, uh, we really don't know. I mean, because, uh, uh, Marvel universe discount. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the thing is though, you know, uh, Murdoch doesn't seem to be paying attention to Peter Parker's heartbeat. Uh, be- <laughs> oops. What's that? Is that your heartbeat? <laughs> actually, yeah, I actually did. I accidentally turned my shredder on. <laughs> well, the shredder- you really did hate this issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, there it is here, you know, this folded go. copy won't fit in my shredder. <laughs> so anyway, so Murdoch here, you know, he does, he's not paying attention to Peter Parker's heartbeat because he realized that Peter is Spider-Man or whatever, but whoever's writing this story, whether O'Neill or somebody else obviously doesn't know a whole lot about Marvel character, any of the characters that he's writing about. Uh, so Where did but you he, hear that it, thing about, uh, O'Neill? and shooter fighting and, and interns and stuff like that. What, where did you, where, where did you hear about the, the shooter and Denny O'Neill? Uh, I, I was, it was, uh, it was, an, for I was trying to figure out why, um, the Denny O'Neill issues were so bad. so I did some Googling yeah. and I came across, I think I came across the man without fear website. Oh, okay. And, uh, it was quoting shooter as, um, but it was an interview with Shooter, or it was it was paraphrasing some of Shooter's comments, mm-hmm. uh, and in there it was said that Shooter had said that when O'Neill 
O'Neill was at, when he, when he was hacking, he hacked very badly. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, uh, then there were, uh, and then I think maybe another story about, you know, cause O'Neill had some substance abuse issues, which I think he's mm. free, freely admitted to. Uh, he was going, in fact, this was a pretty tough time in his life. I think he was going through a divorce, I think as well. And I think he was kind of given the, the editor of the spider title job as a, uh, you know, kind of helping get back on his feet, but he really didn't. He obviously had no interest in the Spider-Man character. Yeah, uh, he was he was a DC guy. He was more interested in Batman, which he was a legend in, on Batman. He he brought the the the, the detective angle. You know, after the '60s TV show and all the silliness of in the Batman titles yeah. over the last decade or so, he kind of brought a, a seriousness back to it and a darkness back to it. And He'd the, be an interesting interview to re- to talk about his Spider-Man run. He probably doesn't remember it. I, I wonder if he would be hard on it. I don't know. You know. Or he might just be what Peter David, you know, did and said, hey, dude, that was decades ago. Why that was 35 freaking years ago. <laughs> See, that's that's a funny thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's the difference between us and, and I think the creators is because we pick up these issues. We look at them. We, we analyze them. We overanalyze them. We talk about them years later. And I think, and the creative teams pretty well write them and forget about them, I think. Yeah. And you know, here we are, we obsess over them 30 odd years later about why they were good, why they were bad. And, and, you know, and then for, you know, for the writers, it was just another job. It's like, why are you paying attention to that? Right. So, but anyway, so it looks like Murdoff's about to get Peter off, but then a guy with an eye patch shows up Uh and gives testimony. And of course it's, you know, the, guy with the ipad he's an inmate and you know uh he peter parker was actually leading the prison in outbreaks uh he's been doing this for a year now so the guy with the eye patch accuses peter of of uh, breaking all these criminals out of prison and the judge believes him so the judge sentences peter to jail bail fifty thousand dollars and aunt may and 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 whoever and whoever um wrote this didn't realize that you would really have to come up with fifty thousand dollars that you would only have to you only have to come up with like about ten percent of it right uh, bail bonds yeah yeah but anyway so so but this person doesn't know that uh, uh tries to call jonah for money you know and jonah won't help him uh and uh peter recognizes the guy the the guy in the eye patch who testified against him as the guy who really was leading the prison break who really was leading the gray gargoyle and jonas harrell out of prison uh, and, uh, uh, but of course no one believes him. Right. Uh, and, uh, the guy with the, uh, the, the, the maintenance man with the, um, camera takes it to the pawn shop and is trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. And at this time we find out that even though Jonah wouldn't give him any money, uh, aunt may, uh, and everyone in the nursing home where I'm staying pulled their resources and we just made the $50,000. Right. So I, Aunt May and all the people in her nursing home. Bull. Uh, <laughs> Bull. Put, get, Bull. Uh, <laughs> Bull. I mean, come on. <laughs> I can believe a dude can crawl a wall, but I can't believe that. <laughs> so all these old people came together, you know, and, and they came right, up with 50, bucks. I mean, they came up with fifty thousand dollars, even though they in real life they only would have had to come up with five thousand dollars. But you know, still they couldn't come up with five grand. No, no, no. They did. They had. They did. You know, I mean, they'd have had to hawk their false teeth and everything. <laughs> oh, so, and, and Come on, you know, and no, de- no depends or been gay for, for oh, years. Oh man. You know? So anyway, so so Peter, you know, man, 
so Peter says, well, I've got to, I've got to prove my innocence. Um, uh, and, um, anyway, the, uh, the pawn, the, the guy at the pawn shop who bought the camera from the guy is now taking pictures of his grandson. Why? And, uh, need a picture for the scouts. Well, this camera I got today just might do the trick. Okay. Grandpa. And it's like, okay. So, you know what? And, and of course the kid, the kid looks like, you know, uh, he's from the Appalachians. He does. <laughs> He'll show up on that web. <laughs> to show up on the issue with banjo, <laughs> banjo and bug eye. Uh, and we're wondering why do we have this stupid little diversion? Ah, uh, uh, but we'll find out. But, yeah. but anyway, so Peter goes back to his apartment and runs into lonesome pinky. Yeah. You remember lonesome pinky. Yep. Chris uh, did a great bit on him years ago. Yes. Yeah. yes. The dude, the, 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 uh, vertically challenged, uh, country Western wannabe singer. I guess I have no choice choice must return to Rikers Island. Oh, listen to my story about it. Took about the time it took less than a minute for my sweetie to say I was a schnook. <laughs> That's lonesome picky song, man. What? Yeah, it really is. Actually. What happened to lonesome pinky, man? Well, he, uh, maybe him and miss. He, he went so- the way of all of Denny O'Neill's characters. Yeah, man. So, well, I don't know. Lance Bannon stuck around for a while. That's true. That's true. Um, but anyway, so Peter, <clears throat> Peter changes to Spider-Man, but he changes into a faded, faded costume, uh, which was faded because he used it. Uh, he put it in some detergent because he was trying, this was, uh, go, go back to the hydro man story. But anyway, so he goes back to, he's, he's going back to Rikers Island. Uh Oh, but the can't, but see now the, the gray gargoyle and Jonas Harrow are, they realize that the, the, this camera that Peter had took pictures of them escaping prison and could blow the whole thing. So, you know, they, 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 they tell the maintenance, they, they say that the, tell the maintenance man, he's the only one who could have taken it. They know he, he took it and he says, okay, I, I pawned it off at Smitty's down on ninth street in Manhattan or whatever. So, <clears throat> so they all go to the, they're all going to go to the pawn shop to look for Peter's camera, which has the, the evidence that, uh, you know, th- that they, they were all part of this prison break led by this other guy. Uh, this other guy is blackmailing the warden, Mm. Uh, <laughs> gosh, sense. uh, because the warden is letting this all go on because this particular guy with the eye patch was in his army unit during the war. And, uh, mm. how fortunate for me that you, my ex commander happened to be at the prison I was sent to, you know, how convenient. Yeah. And, and aunt may could get 50 grand from the old people. <laughs> Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and this guy, this guy's ex commander and must've been Vietnam or whatever, you know, you'll, you'll let this go on or I'll tell everyone what you did during the war. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, a subplot that's never followed up on obviously. Anyway. So the Greg Argo and Jonas Harrell break into the pawn shop. They find the camera, you know, that's going to, that's, that's going to clear Peter Parker and, and, impl- and implicate them in this whole thing. Uh, there's this fight, Harold destroys the camera and say, and says, aha, let's see. No, no. What does he actually says? Here we go. You lose you and Peter Parker for, I have the camera, the film smash. And it is now gone forever. But then, but then the owner of the pawn shop, Smitty comes and says, there was no film in that camera. I took it out to have it developed to get pictures of my grandson here it is. And so he gives the role of undeveloped film to Spider-Man. Spider-Man says, Mr. You have just saved Peter Parker's freedom and he is very grateful. The end. Gosh, the end. Uh, and, and it was, 
after about two or three more of these issues, I gave up reading Amazing Spider-Man. Damn. <laughs> and you were only paying 50 cents for it, JR. And only 50 cents. But Here, uh, go, if you can go back a couple pages, he changes from a faded suit to a red and blue suit. What happened? Well, well the I thing was, when he went to Rikers Island in the first place, yeah. you know, he couldn't be seen as Spider-Man. So he left his Spider-Man costume and web shooters there. Oh, but then he got arrested, of course. Oh, and I then see. Then he got in jail. And then when he got, got bailed out by Aunt May and the old codgers who pulled together their resources and <laughs> 50 came up grand. $50,000, yeah. you know, he left the island. But, uh, you know, he, he but he didn't kind of leave it. He didn't take his costume. Got so it. he had to go fetch his old costume that was terrible, Oof. faded. And then he wore that uh, to back to Rikers Island and went to Rikers Island, he found his co regular costume, and so he changed out of the old faded one to the new one. Uh, and then he left Rikers Island to go to uh, Smitty's Pawn Shop, you know, uh, and to get the to save the camera from the Grey Gargoyle and Jonas Harrow. And uh, but Smitty had the film anyway because Smitty took pictures of his grandson, and uh, the day is saved. Wow, I I think I'm um, I'm looking at it on my app here. I think that it doesn't look any better. Uh, did no, you? I no. Let me trust you. Uh, I think that was the last Denny O'Neill issue. Uh, no, it wasn't. I it wasn't. Think, I don't think it was. Um, I think the next issue it was, was fill in. Yeah, it so was, I think a was a fill in. Moon it was a moon night. And then you had one with Ramrod. That was O'Neill, I think. Uh, here, let me but then, then like in two twenty four is when Stern comes on for good. I think. Here, look, you think Ramrod is is Denny O'Neill? I think so. Okay, let's see here. Yep, you're right. You're right. 221 is Denny O'Neill's last issue, huh? Right, yeah, and that's right. And then there's like that horrible murder by spider fill-in. Yeah. Uh, Why are they having fill-ins on Amazing Spider-Man? Well, probably because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably because they realized how badly it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and until they could get... Until they... Probably then they needed to get a replacement for Uncle Roger on Spectacular because Uncle Roger was going to take care of Amazing. Yeah. So until until that happened, they probably had to have, you know, once they booted Denny or sent him back to wherever he came from or <laughs> whatever, um, you know, they oh. had to fill in for a few issues until I, Uncle Roger took over. I take this back, JR. Denny O'Neill did the plot of 223, Suddenly the Super Apes, with uh, a script by J.M.D. Mateus. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> we should look at that one sometime. <laughs> now, see, there, there's somebody yeah. else who, even though he's a good writer and did a lot of good stories, J.M.D. Mateus left, particularly his Marvel team-up run, too. Mm -hmm. He left a few stinkers in his wake. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 224 is Roger's first issue. There you go. Okay, we're uh, we're going to, you want to do spec or Marvel team-up? What do you like? No, we'll do spec. Okay, spec. 57, written by Roger Stern. Roger Stern. And uh, pencils by Jim Shooter. What? Pencils by Jim Shooter. Yeah, These... layouts that are fair. Wow. Let's take a look at this one. Yeah. Roger Stern, words beyond compare. Jim Shooter, layouts that are fair. <laughs> Jim Mooney, artist with a flair. Jim Novak, letter extraordinaire. Ben Sean, colorist, if you care. And Denny O'Neill, editor with gray hair. <laughs> so someone was someone was trying to bring back the old uh, old uh, lead lead, in the credits, lead huh? days yeah. where you had funnies in the credits. So nice. All right, take me through this one. It's got Jonah on the front cover uh, with his fists up. It says, "You've kidnapped the woman I love. You destroyed everything I hold dear, and I'll make you pay." Featuring a decidedly different side of J. Jonah Jameson. 
Uh, yeah, and that's the reason I bought, uh, that's the reason any of us bought this issue in 1981 to see a decidedly different side of J. Joe and Jameson. But it's not a bad story. It's uh, at this point in time, uh, Uncle Roger uh, was doing <clears throat> in spectacular. He liked to pit Spider-Man. He did a lot of like little one-parters spitting, pitting Spider-Man against villains that he didn't normally face. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think during this time, you know, he faced uh, uh, Goldbug and the ringer and boomerang. And, um, uh, there were some others, but, oh, oh, Jack O'Lantern, I think yeah. was, was in this run as well. Um, but, um, and this this issue, it's killer sh- killer shrike, or is it killer strike? I have to uh, look at that. Um, look at a little more, a little more closer. Yeah. But uh, I'm talking like I'm drunk. Trust me, I have not been drinking. <laughs> I really haven't. I really haven't. But I've uh, been. I just I just got done working on the landscaping, mm. and uh, and then it's like, oh God, I've got to get ready for a spider history. So I don't know <laughs> what it is. I can't follow you this one on unlimited. It's not up there. Ah, so anyway, so, so Spider-Man is renting a tux. He's swinging through the air with his rent a tux because he's going to some fancy shindig that to take that Jonah's putting on to take pictures. But then all of a sudden he runs into like all these gold sprinkles or pixies or, or sand particles or whatever, but it's a small glowing batch of of glowing (laughs) (laughs) glowing particles. There you go. That's a mouthful. and he, uh, it's like, God, what is this? And so he's, um, as he's kind of pondering that he calls and follows up with aunt May. And then it reminds him the only other guy who'd had that particular motif of glowing particles was the will of the wisp. Mm-hmm. So he's, he flashes back then to the end of amazing number 168, uh, where the will of the wisp was disintegrated by, well, <laughs> Dr. Jonas Harrow, I guess, <laughs> uh, who we just talked about. Uh, so, you know, f- you figure a will of the wisp is going to figure in on this somehow, but anyway, so Peter's on his way to a party. Jonah is throwing a party for Marla Madison who he hasn't married yet. Remember he's just bedding her right now. You know, there, he just is just the friends with benefits type thing. Uh, but anyway, Marla has gotten a big fancy job with the brand corporation, mm. you know, which is of course, you know, another one of those evil, evil Marvel corporations. And it's owned by the Roxxon corporation. And of course, Roxxon was one of the big evil corporations. And I don't know if they still are or not. Are they, is, is Roxxon still an evil corporation? Yeah. It's even in the Marvel universe movies. Well, I remember that it was, uh, what was it in the Iron Man two? What didn't, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, no, I mean, that was Sam Rockwell. He was just in, he was, he was, yeah, hammer hammer. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so Here. Marla got this job and Jonah's still in this big ass party to celebrate all kinds of rich, famous people are coming, uh, including the, uh, the head of brand corporation and his big, tall, suspicious looking bodyguard. And who else, but, you know, if you're going to have a fancy party, you got to have Roderick Kingsley. There you go. The the sneering lizard of the fashion world who actually has brought a woman as a date. Now, George Berryman, our dear friend, George (laughs) would would tell you that this woman is just a beard, uh, that she's Roddy's beard, uh, because, you know, he thought that because Roddy wore an ascot in some issues, see Roddy's not wearing an ascot in this issue. There you go. Roddy is not wearing an ascot. Real quick, uh, according to Wikipedia, it, uh, was mentioned in a conversation between Spider-Man and the human torch 
to have once tried to bid on the renovated Baxter Building, only be, to be outbid by Parker Industries. So that was one of the most recent Roxxon Energy Corporation mentions in Spider-Man. Oh, so they're still around. Yep, still around. Hmm. So anyway, uh, so we got, you know, we got Roddy Kingsley not, uh, not wearing an ascot. No, no ascot. Not wearing an ascot and accompanied by a woman uh, who then runs into another woman who also has dated Roddy. And, you know, <laughs> so why haven't you heard of Kingsley's Cozy Companions? We're a select group. There's only 19 of us, 20 counting you. <laughs> uh, so... But, you know, so it's kind of interesting that Kingsley just kind of shows up for no reason. And, uh, you know, of course, obviously, there, you know, nothing more is made of it. Uh, But uh, but this was even before the Hobgoblin. So uh, I I don't don't think. Yeah, this was that's right. This is how many how many uh, see Stern joins in about five months and then mm-hmm. 14. So this is, this is a good year, more than a year and a half before the Hobgoblin debuts. Right. So it is kind of funny to see Kingsley show up again. Um, but anyway, so he's just, he's just there to provide a little comic relief, but then the glowing particles, uh, attack the, uh, the sinister looking, uh, bodyguard of the brand corporation, bigwig, And of course this bodyguard is uh killer strike mm-hmm. and the will of the wisp is taking control of his bio suit or whatever suit that he's wearing under here. Uh, no, I, what the hell kind of suit is he wearing? But anyway, he's wearing a killer strike, strike suit. Killer Shrike, there it is. Oh my gosh, it's Killer Shrike. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him since I helped the Beast stop him and the Modular Man back in Marvel Team Up number 90. Wow. So Shrike burst into this party and kidnaps Marla Madison and takes her to a secret facility of the brand corporation, which no one is supposed to know exist. But, uh, how, how does the will of the wisp know it exists? Well, we won't find out this issue. You will, we will find out later. So Spider-Man follows, um, let's see here. Does he put a tracer on him or not <laughs> really tell? See, I'm trying to anyway. So, Spider-Man eventually follows them and goes to this secret lab. And what is happening is the, the will of the wisp in control of the killer Shrike is communicating with Marla to come up with some kind to jury rig, some kind of uh, thing, a thing on a bomb that will recompose the will of the wisp. Mm-hmm. Well, of course the rocks on corp or the brand corporation, you know, uh, doesn't look too kindly on these things. And the CEO shows up and tells the, the and, you know, ask killer Shrike why he's brought Madison to the secret location that no one is supposed to know about. And a guy keeps saying, it's not me. It's not me. It's the suit. It keeps making me do it. It's the suit, which sounds like something Eddie Brock would say many, many years later. Right. Uh, so Spider-Man shows up, kicks the snot out of Killer Shrike, and then all these these brand corporation goons show up. And while Marla is working on the machines trying to reconstitute the will of the Wisp. And in one fairly humorous moment uh, where these dozen uh, brand corporation goons are surrounding Spidey with electro truncheons, threatened to give him a good drubbing with the <laughs> electro truncheons. He, Spidey looks at, happens to see a phone hanging on the wall and says, Hey, I remembered. I promised to call Aunt May. And then he, he says, okay, everybody off. And then he, all the, uh, like a, literally a dozen guys, he just knocks them all over the place, mm-hmm. gathers them up, webs them into the corner and he calls Aunt May. 
And uh, <laughs> Aunt May says, Nathan and I were just watching Dallas. <laughs> Spiderman says, oh, yeah, what's JR up to this week? <laughs> I couldn't possibly tell you. It's too awful. Meanwhile, one guy's sneaking up uh, Spider-Man on Spider-Man with an electro truncheon, and Spider-Man just n- knocks him unconscious while he's just talking casually to Aunt May. So, you know, <laughs> when I read this about 35 years ago, I thought that was pretty amusing. Right. I, don't well, do it, I don't do it justice, but it was amusing 35 years poor ago. Poor Aunt May is still in trouble for sp- borrowing 50 grand from the older folks, too. Yeah, and now, still, she, and, and now, now she's watching. Dallas, yeah. Oh, she's watching Dallas. <laughs> so, hey, it was it was hot back then, kids. Oh, it was. It was thirty five years to, ago. I used to watch it even as a kid. I was like ten. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. It was the thing. It was go uh, and Falcon Crest after it. Yeah. Yeah. Falcon Crest uh, starred or starred Susan Sullivan, who was the uh, love interest in the very first Incredible Hulk yes. TV movie. Yep. So also had uh, Ronald Reagan's first wife in there, Jane Wyman. Jane That's Wyman, right. yeah, yeah. And uh, who who and she gave orders to the media that mention of his name was strictly prohibited. <laughs> really, <laughs> can't she say would, anything about Jane about Ronnie. To she, Jane. she would she would not talk about Ronald Reagan. Damn. So anyway, uh, anyway, after we, we've just tangented off eighties pop culture here, we did. <laughs> so you mentioned Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. I mentioned Dallas. Well, I actually, aunt may mentioned Dallas. Oh, aunt may damn it. Right. Aunt may. But anyway, so the, um, anyway, will of the wisp is reconstituted and Spider-Man, uh, gets away or Spider-Man saves Marla Madison and, and everybody involved as the, the secret evil facility goes up in flames. Now, since Marla was hypnotized by the will of the wish, she doesn't quite remember everything, but she remembers that whatever she, she remembers that something just seemed fishy. And so she tells the head of the brand corporation that uh, she's not going to take the job. And Jonah says, you know what? Something fishy's going on there and maybe I better investigate it. Mm-hmm. And the bad guy and the CEO says, Oh, you don't bear not do that. Jameson. We're a wholly owned subsidiary of Roxon corporation and Roxon does not take kindly to investigative reporting. <laughs> so the thing is though, we don't, we don't understand why, how the will of the wisp knew that this was a secret, this secret brand facility was there and that it had the equipment that could reconstitute him. So that was a subplot that like Spiderman's there at the end when he sees the, the will of the whisk get away, he says, what if, have I saved a man or unleashed a monster? <laughs> well, we don't find out until I'm trying to think about another, actually about a year and a half later. Uh, actually just before the hobgoblin appears, we find out in amazing Spider-Man that actually the will of the wisp was a scientist who worked there and felt he was worked too hard and fell asleep and his experiment blew up on him and did something crazy to his molecules. So that's, that's why he's here. That's why he's, uh, found this corporation or found this facility, but, but we don't know that yet. So. Did you, did you like Willow Lewis? I remember when I was a kid, I thought he looked cool. He's a nothing. He's just, he was, uh, they couldn't make up his mind whether he was a bad guy or not. And yeah, you know, it's just, now he was just kind of a, he was a fill in villain until Spidey fought the really cool villains. And I'm, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. Uh, the last week, a few times we saw him, he, he teamed up with Spider-Man's group called the outlaws. Uh, in Amazing Spider-Man Annual 25, Spec Annual 11, and Web Annual 7. And then it took until 2006 with the, uh, or 7, with the Civil War. Uh, he shows up in league with the Scarecrow and the Molten Man as part of the Chameleon's plot to get re- 
revenge on Peter Parker after unmasking during Civil War. And then he was recently seen in an army of supervillains organized by Hammerhead that was captured by Iron Man and S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in Sensational Spidey 29-31. to 31. And then he got blew, He was blown up in Punisher War Journal. Uh, he blew up a bar where Will-O-Wisp was attending in, in the during the wake of Stiltman. After poisoning the guest, it was later mentioned in She-Hulk, Volume 2, Number 7, that they had all gotten their stomachs pumped and they were treated for third-degree burns. So the Will-O-Wisp is still alive out there somewhere. <laughs> I guess. There you, you go. Gotta, you got to have some nothing villains. That's so. a nothing villain, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Also in August of 81, we had a Marvel team-up issue, right? 108. Spidey and Paladin team up in this one. And it's written by David Michelinie and Herb Trimpey, who recently passed away. Was a good Hulk artist. Drew the first appearance of Wolverine, if I remember correctly. In Hulk 181. Yep. Yep. I remember, I remember that because my brother was a big Hulk fan mm-hmm. and, uh, this new character called the Wolverine showed up and of course didn't think anything about him then. No. Did he, I guess he had that issue then your brother. Oh yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was, uh, he was, uh, he was, he, a still, he still got it. Uh, it's probably in pieces. Oh, <laughs> I mean, remember back in those days we read our comics. I know it. You know, it's we read they, them. And they, they were folded and put in the mailbox for you. <laughs> we, we didn't. We didn't bag and board them. We read them. We threw them in the drawer. We yeah. brought them back out. We, you know, the staples fell out. You know, the covers fell off. I mean, all kinds of good things happened to right. them. Right. Because that's what you did with comic books. Exactly. So Paladin Team was up. not very palatable, but anyway, there you go. Nice. Uh, Oh, this is this this is more Marvel team up goodness. It's not as not as good though as as the man killer. Uh, but anyway, but it it does involve a villain called Thermo. So <laughs> it's he, hot, yeah. So during during this time, actually, there's a the there's this this unknown person called the Street Stalker. Because I guess all the names, good names were taken. The street stalker is going around sucking the body heat out of people <laughs> and leaving them with severe cases of hypothermia. All right. Uh, so that's right. Anyway, so Peter Parker is, you know, he's a grad assistant teacher at uh, ESU during this time. And he's a lot of things are happening, you know, just pissing him off. You know, he, he can't find the street stalker. Lance Bannon is taking pictures that in get that's getting on the front page of the Beagle and competing with Peter for a job. And then the coach of the college of EAU's basketball team barges into Peter's uh, office, coach Barnstorm and coach Barnstorm is unhappy because Peter flunked his star center. Peter says, but coach, he only answered three questions out of 50. I didn't have any choice. Don't give me that intellectual bull faddle, boy. We're talking about sports. Bull faddle, man. Bull, bull faddle. faddle. We're talking about sports. Oof. He pounds his fist on the table and you know, says, you're going to pass this guy, kid uh, or you'll be sorry. So, oh, yeah. So, Spider-Man says, I've got to go web swing some tension off. <laughs> so, he goes around web swinging and then he sees a guy with a gun going into a park. Think, and it turns out to be Paladin. Mm-hmm. And so what happens in the, the, for the next two issues is the prerequisite stupid fight, mm-hmm. you know, where, where 
and then Paladin, then, then when they hear a scream, Paladin says, Hey, you know, I've been after this street stalker guy. I tried to tell you, you, nim- you know, you dumbass, but you know, you had to do the obligatory superhero fight for two and Spider-Man says, yeah, but this is a Marvel team up issue and we don't have much plot anyway. So we had to, you know, we only, we got so many pages of story to fill. So why not? So Anyway, they, they find another hype, uh, person with body heat sucked out of them. And, but <laughs> Spider-Man has followed, you know, slaps a, a spider tracer on Paladin and follows Paladin to a French restaurant where Paladin is with a, a gorgeous blonde. Mm. And just before they're about to fight again, the gorgeous blonde says, but maybe we can use Spider-Man Paladin. And Paladin says, oh, okay. So he invites Spider-Man to into the French restaurant to have dinner. But as the waiter in, you know, says we are honored to have such honored guest as Z, but there's, but there is a problem <laughs> policy forbids Z seating. See, this is what you do. You know I mean? When, when you, you know, when you're trying to make somebody have like a French accent, and, yeah. you know, they always, they always say their words always start with Z. Mm-hmm. So anyway, policy forbids Z seating of anyone without Z tie. <laughs> while while you are you Monsieur Paladin are a friend of the owner and therefore exempt. Now see, it's kind of funny when they use when the T's become Z's and the T's stay T's. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, so Spiderman has to wear a tie. But what? So what? Spidey dude, Spidey dude. Oh, why am I thinking of Spidey dude? <laughs> oh, bad, bad. Beat this out of my head. Z Spidey dude. Z Spidey dude. <laughs> anyway, Z, uh, so Spider Man whips up a web bow tie to there wear. There you go. <sighs> and so the blonde tells the story. It turns out that the street stalker is really her husband. They were nutritionists, you know. <laughs> and I guess because all the good occupations for villains were taken, uh, they. <laughs> so he's a nutritionist. They were nutritionists. Wow. And they have formulated a process of transmitting synthetic vitamins directly into the body via microwaves. <laughs> yeah, nothing can go wrong there. So the husband decides to experiment on himself to absorb the vitamins. There's an explosion. Then it turns out he can absorb body heat and other things. Then he can <laughs> unleash that in power. You know, they can unleash that with destructive forces. Oh, so he runs away and then he starts zapping people and sucking out their body heat. And <clears throat> so she's hired Paladin to find her husband and try to bring him in alive. Man, <sighs> it's rough. So we get another page of Peter part because see, Peter is appalled that Paladin is taking money, you know, of course, Later, many years later, Peter will take uh, money from a mobster named Ferrelli, uh, <laughs> who we just talked about last, last month. month. Wink, and, wink. Yeah. Yeah. Even though for the last 30 days, my speech has been slurred. Consistently. <laughs> so apparently, I've you're never been drunk for two months. <laughs> apparently, I'm still not all that bender that I was back in <laughs> July. Yeah. So we, uh, we haven't, we, 30 so minutes later, you're sobering up. Yeah. Peter, Peter is appalled. <laughs> Peter Parker's appalled at Paladin <laughs> for, for, for pocketing, for pocketing pennies. Oh, wow. Uh, That's pretty good. Anyway. So, so then he says, well, wait a minute. I started in this business for money too. So then we get a page retelling of the origin, uh, but then, uh, you know, because, 
because it's Marvel team up and we have to fill the pages because we don't fill them with plot. <laughs> so anyway, you mean so somebody, well, I guess every comic is somebody's first, I guess if, if you didn't know Spider-Man's origin, I suppose, I suppose. I mean, and after all, I mean, you, you keep, you keep, ex, you know, defending Spidey dudes, love of the clone saga by saying, well, you always, it's always with what you started and you always feel sentimental to what you started reading. It's true. You know, it's like you're in his, you're his enabler. Ah, you know, it's like if you wouldn't enable him, maybe he'd go to like clone saga anonymous and get some help. He'd have a clone oh. patch. But no, yeah, clone patch. There we go. But no, <laughs> you know, but no, he's got it, you know, and, and now, you know, slot's going to cater to his disease by giving him the clone conspiracy. There you go. More clone saga three. So anyway, so Peter decides to try to sell pictures of uh, Paladin to <laughs> Jonah. But what happens is Lance Bannon is there with a picture of Spider-Man. Cause see when, when, when they went to the park and, uh, the street stalker sucked the body head out of this one guy. Spider-Man, you know, picked up the guy and took him to the hospital. Well, Bannon has a picture of Spider-Man picking up the guy. So Jonah thinks this is evidence that Spider-Man is the street stalker. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and remember, this is the same guy who wrote a record number of issues of amazing Spider-Man in a row. Yeah. So Spider-Man meets up with Paladin again, and they track this street stalker to his lair, but now he wants to be known as Thermo. Okay. Thermo. So anyway, so. Sounds better than Streetwalker. I mean, Street Stalker. Street stalker. <laughs> well, he wants to be known as Thermo. Well, back at the lab, Thermo's wife is leaning against the machine, caressing it. And she's going, blast you machine. I helped create you. Then you took my husband away from me. Give him back. Do you hear? Give him back. <sighs> so, but then again, you know, so, so while she's caressing the machine, Thermo breaks in, kills the other, the lab partner, uh, gets away. Paladin and Spider-Man go after him. Paladin gets knocked unconscious. Thermo, for some reason now, is starting to look more and more like Jesus, <laughs> uh, which might figure into the next issue. So, but anyway, they so Spider-Man and Thermo are fighting in front of a theater, which has an all-star review featuring Dazzler. Yeah. So guess what is going to happen? Next issue, Dazzler. Now, Thermo knocks Spider-Man out, starts sucking the body heat out of him. And Spider-Man is getting cold, so cold, so very, very cold. Spider-Man's struggles begin to lessen. His body grows limp, and Thermo smiles. Mm. To be continued in 109, in which Dazzler saves Spider-Man's ass. Thermo finds a group of Satanists to follow him uh, to his scheme to take over the world. But eventually, you know, he's defeated, and all all is right with the world. Although... The issue 109 does have, you know, one tr- one classic line saying, get off. Who let that lunatic in here? This city is getting ridiculous. You can't even have a peaceful little satanic mass without someone butting in. <laughs> that, is hi- that is the highlight of issue 109. Man, 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 man. I think that's all August, isn't it? That is all August. And you, you mean you wanted more after no, that? No, good you lord. Wanted, you wanted more after Denny O'Neill? You wanted more after Paladin and Thermo? Spec's the best issue this month. Spec is the best issue of this oh, month. Oh, man. It's the only issue of this month to get. My God. All right. 
That was a good one, Jr. Oh, well, yeah, you say that with quotation marks. Right? I do. That was one good one, Jr. <laughs> <laughs>